The healthcare industry has undergone transformational change in the past 10 years, especially as it relates to the implementation of technology. Even so, there's much more to do and many companies are out there doing it, but you don't know about them. At Intrepid Healthcare, our podcast will bring you the crazy ones, the rebels, the troublemakers, the ones who see things differently. The people that are crazy enough to think they can change the world in healthcare. So sit tight and enjoy as we tell the story of another thought leading trailblazer. Welcome back to Intrepid Healthcare. I'm your host, Joe Lavelle. I'm really looking forward to this conversation with a prior guest and a trailblazing innovator in a world we all need more of, security. We're going to get right to it today. We're joined by Mac McMillan, Chairman, CEO, and Founder of Synergistic. Hi, Joe. Hi, Mac. It's so great to have you back on the show, and thanks for making the time today. Would you start the discussion by just reminding the audience about you and your background? Sure. So I'm one of those individuals that spent many years growing up on the government side of things, working in both the military, different agencies, handling, managing information security is one of the security responsibilities that I had. And then I left the government around 2000 when I retired and came out and went into the private sector and began working in healthcare. And have worked in healthcare since 2001, so pretty much 15 years now. I call this my second career, if you will, and have focused specifically on privacy and security support to hospitals around the country and other providers and other folks that are involved in the healthcare space. Great. Matt, could you take the next couple of minutes and provide our audience with a 10,000-foot overview of the work you and your team do at Synergistic? Sure. So the company, as I said, is focused primarily in privacy and security space in terms of our skill sets and, and we're focused in healthcare exclusively. Our customers range from providers to payers to clearing houses and now quite a few business associates. We basically are broken into four separate operating groups in terms of the services that we provide to the market and that we have a security group, we have a privacy group, we have an audit group, and then we have a managed services group that provides various support to our hospitals in terms of things like managed privacy monitoring that we do for them as an ongoing service. What else can I tell you, Joe? Why don't we get right into the questions, because you've been on before, and we've known you as a longtime go-to expert in healthcare IT for security and privacy. Walk us through how security and privacy in healthcare has evolved over the last 15 years since you've really been involved. The real evolution of it has been tied very closely to the adoption of health IT in general that we've seen in the industry. When I look at it across the last 15 years and think about where hospitals were our health systems were back in 2000, 2001 timeframe, we didn't have a lot of the capabilities that we have today in the sense of the Internet of Things and smartphones and tablets and telehealth, if you will, and patient-centric healthcare and things of that nature. We didn't have electronic health records for the most part. We had some of those in some of our larger systems, but by and large, we didn't have EHRs deployed across the industry like we see today. A lot of our data wasn't digitized back then in terms of our patient information, whereas today almost all of it is. Our supply chain 
footprint has changed dramatically from where it was back then to where we are today, where in some cases 30 to 40 percent of our operations are handled by third parties for us in terms of services and management of IT and IT resources. So healthcare has become a very data-centric business, just like a lot of other industries are today, and our information is critically important to how we deliver services and how we provide care. It's critically important to how we communicate with patients today, and I think that's going to just increase as time goes on and we get closer and closer to the patient being more involved in their own health care and communication with their caregiver as it relates to that. And it's systems and technology that are creating this opportunity and creating this ability to do these things. And all of that just increases complexity, it increases sophistication in the environment, and unfortunately it also increases the opportunity for things to go wrong or for threat. We've seen a huge increase from about 2009 to the present in terms of our threat posture, if you will, in terms of the kinds of threats that we're now looking at in healthcare. Before, a lot of it was very physical. It was loss of data, loss of systems, physical theft of information, whereas today we're seeing a tremendous amount of hacking going on. We're seeing millions of malware that are being released into the environment that are affecting our systems, and we're seeing very dedicated attacks as it relates to extorting healthcare organizations and individuals for their information. And so it's a much more complex, much more sophisticated environment all the way around, both from an operational perspective, a caregiver perspective, and unfortunately, from a threat perspective as well. Mac, Synergistic I read was recently named number 512 on the Inc. 5000 list of fastest growing private companies. I'm imagining that this is a rapid growth pattern that you've been on based on what you just described of how the complexity of healthcare security is really happening. How are you managing that growth? How are you recruiting the right professionals to meet all this need? That's a great question. This is actually our third consecutive year of making it onto the Inc. 5000 fastest growing company list. In the last three years, I think we've grown over 746% as a company. You know, one of the things we did strategically back in 2012-2013 timeframe, we kind of saw this coming. We began to put in a whole new model in terms of how we do business and how we support our customers, and we began to look at a different structure for our organization to support the growth that we knew was going to come and that we were going to have to have in order to be able to do that effectively, and we pretty much executed against that plan, and I think we've been very successful at keeping pace with the market and keeping pace with the increase in terms of volume that we've had to deliver to. But I think the biggest change, Joe, that we've made in terms of our approach for our customers is that prior to probably that time period, a lot of vendors, and probably us included, tended to support more one-off type projects and more project-based work, if you will, as opposed to holistic approaches to security and holistic approaches to developing a program. And that was one of the big changes that we instituted at that time. We basically started looking at every single hospital that we work with, every business associate that we work with from a holistic program approach. And so every customer that we embrace today, we look at as more of a long-term relationship in terms of one of where we become a partner to help them build their program and achieve not only their compliance goals, but their business goals and meet their security challenges that they have. And that probably more than anything has helped us 
not only keep pace with what's going on in the industry and in the changing expectations of customers, but also in being better positioned to support the market because now we recognize that every single client that we interact with and that we touch, we're looking at somebody that we're going to be working with for a while and that we're going to be helping them to build their program and not just doing a one-off project with them in terms of an assessment or a test or what have you that doesn't really build long-term value for the customer. Outstanding. Thank you for that great explanation. One of the things we're reading in the headlines all the time recently or very common recently are ransomware attacks. Can you explain why we have such a rise in these attacks? There's actually, I'd say, multiple reasons for this. Probably one of the biggest reasons that healthcare has seen such a rise in them is because it's a type of attack that cuts right to the heart of what's important to healthcare. Because this is an attack that actually denies the organization the ability to use its systems or have access to its information, and by direct impact, it limits the organization's ability to care for its patients or to provide services to its patients by virtue of the fact that it doesn't have access to its information. From a hacker's perspective or an extortionist's perspective, it's an extremely effective attack in a services industry where their information is critical to what they do and it's critical in terms of the customer that they're serving. And in this case, you're talking about a patient and you're talking about patient care. So it becomes a very dramatic, very emotional, very important issue when it happens. First and foremost, it's a very effective attack for this industry. The second thing that I think is driving it is that it's become incredibly easy for them to launch these types of attacks, the wherewithal that's necessary to be able to do this, the expertise that's required of the individual who is running these attacks is not that sophisticated. So you basically have a lot of folks who can run these attacks and do it very effectively in their mindset, hopefully benefit from it. And then the last piece of it is that it's extremely hard to catch the individuals doing this. So there's a low threshold of risk, if you will, on the part of the hacker or the part of the person running the attack that they're going to get caught or that they're going to be discovered. So you add those things together, you got a motivated attacker who's looking for financial gain. you got a market that absolutely needs its information in order to provide a critical service, and therefore it's incredibly important to it that it have access to its data. And then you have an easy vehicle for them to launch these kinds of attacks and a low threshold for potentially getting caught. And you have a recipe for an attack that we're going to see quite a bit of. Mac, are these ransomware attacks the biggest security threats facing healthcare organizations, or are there others? <laughs> there are others. And that's one of the things, Joe, that I feel that we need to be really careful about. The ransomware attacks, because of the some of the incidents that we've had, Year, they got a lot of notoriety, a lot of press coverage, if you will. In my opinion, have kind of blown this out of proportion. Clearly, these things are important. Clearly, they're a real risk to the industry and to other industries as well. But there are other attacks out there that can be just as damaging and have the same kinds of impact. I mean, you have zero-day virus attacks that could be launched in an organization that could take systems down, make them unavailable, take out a network, take out communications, et cetera. You have activism that goes on every once in a while in terms of people like Anonymous who attack hospitals or other organizations that take a social position that's 
contrary to something that they believe in. There are lots of things that can go wrong out there. You know, I think probably the biggest concern that I have in healthcare today as it relates to overall threat is not that they're going to be necessarily the direct target of a ransomware attack, if you will, but in the amount of attention and the priority that we give cybersecurity and information security in our institutions. I mean, when you look at the attacks that we saw last year and the reasons for those attacks and the fact that well over 90% of them took advantage of a vulnerability that was more than a year old, meaning something that we already knew about, we could have addressed, we could have patched, we could have fixed, we could have done a configuration change, we could have replaced antiquated system or a system that had reached end of life but was still within our environment. When I look at those things, I worry more about how much priority we're giving information security and how much we're spending on cybersecurity in terms of avoiding those types of things and how much support we're giving to our IT organizations. Then on top of that, probably the thing that I really worry about going forward are the continued insecurity of medical devices and the insecurity that we're seeing in just what they call the Internet of Things, or in my case, I call it the Internet of Everything, and that is all of these various devices that we're connecting to our network, whether it's smart TVs, smart appliances, environmental systems, CCTV cameras, you name it, any one of a number of all these other types of devices that we're connecting to the network that present an opportunity for some hacker to take advantage of and impact or affect our environment negatively. So ransomware is just one type of attack that's out there. There are many, many more that we need to be concerned about, and I'm more concerned about how we're managing our environment day-to-day from an integrity perspective and some of these other things that we're connecting to our network that we know already are not as secure as they need to be. Great. What are some of those successful strategies for mitigating risk for security instances or breaches? Well, there's several things, but probably one of the most effective to start with is just having a plan. It's amazing to me how many organizations still don't have a strategic plan for cybersecurity and haven't really sat down and thought about, here's what we're trying to do with our systems, here's what we're trying to do with our our information, here's what we're trying to do from a business perspective in terms of what we're doing with the business and how systems are going to support that, and then thinking through what type of security and what kind of controls are we going to need in place in order to ensure that we're going to be successful at doing those things and that our information systems and our data are going to be there when we need them or want them in order to support those strategic initiatives. So I think the first thing is have a plan. The second thing is invest in the right people. We still have a lot of organizations out there that don't have dedicated information security professionals working in them, and we need to fix that. This is a skill set. It's a different set of skills than just general IT-related skills, and you need people who understand this in order to advise leadership properly in terms of the direction that they need to take in terms of how they're doing things. And then the next two things are, one, building a good defensive architecture, meaning build an architecture that has the right mix of security technology and process, et cetera, around it that can help us be better at detecting when we're under attack and defending against those things. 
And then last but not least, having good reactive incident response and contingency type plans that when we have an incident, we can actually recover from them very quickly and not have a disruption or as little disruption to the business as possible. Organizations that do those four principal things, plan, have good people, build a good architecture, and have the ability to respond and react and recover quickly tend to fare much better in an environment like we have today where literally every single day that you come to work at the hospital, you could potentially be under attack. Mac, are colleges and universities preparing degrees fast enough to train enough people to do this work? That's a great question, too. We have more and more colleges developing degrees in information technology with a security focus. We have more and more master's programs around information security. I don't know that we are producing the number of individuals that we need to produce yet at a pace that is required. Keeping in mind that education is only one piece of it, we also need experience in those individuals, so even education is not going to solve the problem overnight. But one of the things that has always surprised me is that this industry, just like other industries, have always identified things that where we needed more individuals focused, like for instance, when you look at ICD-10, right? When we went from ICD-9 to ICD-10, all of a sudden the industry recognized that we were going to need more coders and we were going to need coders with new training. And so literally overnight, we had all kinds of courses set up to train people to do that function properly. And we actually had incentive programs for people to go into that line of work and to become coders to meet the demands that the, that the health systems were going to have with the new coding paradigm, if you will. Well, why don't we have incentive programs in healthcare now to incent young people to go back and get master's degrees in information security or to get an undergraduate degree in information security and make it worth their while to go into these professions so that we can create the people that we need with the right education and the right skill sets to meet the need going down the road. I think that's an area that, quite frankly, we should be looking at. The schools producing the curriculums is only going to be part of the solution. We also have to get people in the seats in the classes. And I think the way we get people in the classes is we build the opportunity and build the incentive for folks to specialize there. Interesting take from somebody out there on the ground. And you're right, with ICD-10, I think people reacted and created the programs, but then you had to get the butts in the seats to get the people actually trained. And that was, I think, a much harder job. It turned out to be a much harder job than people thought it would be. Right. Right. Mac, what are some of the biggest mistakes you see organizations continue to make with respect to their security strategies and policies? Well, I think it actually kind of goes back to the inverse of those four things I talked about earlier, which I think the first one is is that they, they don't think of security as a strategic business function. They tend to treat security in a piecemeal fashion. What's the big thing that people are, are making noise about right now as opposed to recognizing that information security is literally part and parcel of managing an IT environment responsibly. And you need to have a strategy for that, and you need to have an overall plan and a business approach to 
how you handle data protection. I think that's number one. I think number two, we need to recognize that it is going to take investment, whether it's people or technology or process, but it is going to take investment to handle this. It's not something that's just going to go away or that's just going to get better with a policy, if you will, but it's something that we're going to have to apply the necessary resources to it to do it effectively. And the third thing is organizations are still treating it as if it's an IT problem. It is clearly not an IT problem. It is an organizational issue. Every person in every organization is part of the solution as it relates to information security. I mean, when I was managing information security in the government and now working with organizations, those organizations that have a good, solid, strong culture of protecting data and respecting privacy that starts at the top and is transmitted all the way through the organization and there's a focus on workforce education and awareness tend to do much better than those organizations that just point to the CIO and say, this is your problem, fix it. It's not their problem. It's their part of the solution, certainly. But this is an organizational issue that organizations have to embrace and understand that everybody has a role to play in protecting the environment, protecting the data, protecting the systems. Mac, what's next for Synergistic? What are you going to be working on between now and the time you go to HIMSS in the end of February? You know, one of the big initiatives that we're working on now, because we've had a lot of input from customers and other folks that I interact with through Chime and AHIS and other organizations, is the whole medical device security strategy. There's a lot of rhetoric and a lot of talk that's been going on for the last you know, five or six years with respect to this, and nobody has still come up with a solution for it or effective services for it that really help our health systems. We've had a number of our clients and a number of large hospital systems that have spoken to me and spoken to us about potentially working together to collaborate to develop a way to more effectively manage the risk that's associated with these devices on the network. And so that's one of the big areas that we're going to be focusing on. And besides that, we're going to continue to plug away at the basics because I still believe that doing the basics really well takes care of a lot of our evils, if you will. You don't do the basics well, then a lot of the other things just become even harder. Absolutely. Mac, well, we've got everybody's attention. I want them to pull out the keyboard. Go to www.synergistic, so that's C-Y-N-E-R-G-I-S-T-E-K.com. Bookmark that site. There's a ton and a half or more of great thought leadership out there. You continue to put new stuff out there all the time. Make sure you check back regularly with what Mac and his team are doing. Mac, it was so great to have you today. Thanks for stopping by and sharing your wisdom with us once again. Well, thank you, Joe. I appreciate you having us on, and I always enjoy talking to you. All right. Thank you, Mac. That wraps this broadcast. On behalf of our guest, Mac McMillan, I'm Joe Lavelle, and we'll see you soon on Intrepid Healthcare. 